Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. Uh, Sean. <laughs> wow, I've never made that flip before. Maximilian X. <laughs> and as always with me is the lovable, the huggable, the man with the master plan, the man who is now an F1 manager. Sean Templer, how's it going, Sean? I'm great. I'm great. Um, I want to make an announcement on this podcast that my name is Sean Templer. I am the new team principal of Ferrari. They've decided last week to unfortunately terminate Mattia Binotto. Um, and I promise to, to restore Ferrari to its former glory and that we will definitely win the world championship and the driver's championship. I hope um, when you say terminate, you don't mean in the sense of permanent. No, we just terminated his contract. I think that is the correct English terminology. He's been Yeah, that's true, that's true. That's yeah, true. it's not like the movie like Ali back boom, you know. This is more like yeah. That oh. uncomfortable conversation when somebody says, "Hey, do you have a minute for me?" and then you walk into a room and then the door closes slowly behind you and then they walk out with tears in their eyes. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I hope you bring uh I hope you bring their team to uh, to the former glory. I will uh, definitely share my uh, exciting adventures uh, in what we've been playing. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, we got a few news stories that we're gonna talk about. It's not a lot this time, but I'm pretty sure we could talk like for hours on stuff like this. I think, we but can. Um, there were some big, big stuff that went wrong. Uh, went wrong went on um well there was one thing that kind of went wrong because it was a rumor that that turned out to not be true and that is of course the rumor that amazon was buying ea yeah which is like and the we talked about this before the podcast started and you were like i heard this rumor that this was going on and i had to tell you like it was already debunked yeah and that is kind of the the scary thing about this news story specifically is that the fact that it's still out there that people think that that was the case even like big um business uh news outlets you know like cnbc and like the new york times and blah 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 we're talking about this yeah that's how big it was like ea stocks like shot up because of this but then uh, Amazon had to go and debunk it. EA had to go and debunk it. What I can say is that EA has been shopping themselves around, apparently, to a yeah. bunch of companies. And like Disney, I'm like, why the heck would you go to Disney? Disney does not want to own studios. They just want to like license their stuff out and maybe publish. And like, that's it. They don't want to have yeah. like studios to manage. They don't like it. Yeah. And you know what? That's for the best because they are really bad at managing studios. Now, they're also bad at, uh, this is, some, is a, a tangent, but I read an article the other day that um, VFX designers and VFX artists are leaving the industry because they're literally burnt out because of the incredible work pressure they're under when they work at a studio that's contracted by Marvel. Mm -hmm. So what Marvel will do is, is they'll try to get the cheapest deal possible or the lowest budget allocation they can for a film or a, mm -hmm. or a TV show. And it's all of the MCU stuff. And then they will have these studios 
go into a bidding war and then they'll select the cheapest offer usually mm-hmm. and then they'll have that studio do the vfx but the people it's basically those people are crunching constantly to get the vfx done yeah. um there was this instant in which a person had to um do a vfx shot and then hours later that same shot was used in the in the london premiere of a certain marvel movie so that's how crazy the deadlines were and how crazy intense the work is but like a lot of people with a lot of experience are just leaving the industry They're like hey I, i'm fed up i cannot deal with this i cannot work 70 or 80 hours a week <laughs> so as soon as i read it i'm like whoa this is just deja vu all over again with a lot of game studios we've seen in the last two years that had these same type of practices yeah um it is so it's unfortunate similar. because a marvel movie makes a gazillion dollars and but, that's all revenue. That they, it's not like that they'll say, like, you know what, we'll allocate a little bit more budget to the next movie or TV show. Their their practice is the same with a lot of things. But here's the thing that I don't get about that little story because Disney owns Industrial Light and Magic, like one of the best studios mm-hmm. for VFX out there. Why are they like doing this kind of crap? Because I think Industrial Light, the magic can simply not handle the workload that Disney as a company has because mm. this is just about Marvel. And if we look at the amount of content Marvel is churning out in a year alone, I don't think I- ILM could do that on themselves, let alone that Marvel does or uh, Disney does other stuff as well. Plus, I don't know if it's still the same, but in the past, ILM was also contracted to do stuff for other companies or other movies. True. So that's why you have like a couple of big names, like uh, ILM is one. I know that Veta Digital is the studio from Peter Jackson that does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are like a couple of big names that do it, but there are also like smaller studios that do it. So basically, it's a small industry. Everybody kind of knows each other because they're all just doing the same work and they work on different projects. So um, it's not that they have uh, 300 VFX artists at their disposal to do this in-house. That's why they're outsourcing it. Plus, usually outsourcing is cheaper. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, the game industry does the same thing, so. Yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of disappointing to hear. Yeah. Not as disappointing as people found out that the PlayStation 5 was getting a price hike. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, but I I have to give context in that because so basically what happened is Sony increased the price of the PlayStation 5 of both editions with 50 euros or 30 pounds or 5,500 yen. They basically changed it in all territories except in the US. I'll I'll give you a caveat on that one, but continue. Yeah. um, Yes, it has gone up. Sony's arguing is, is we really didn't want to do this, but we have to do it due to inflation. Um, I get that part. And I know people are pissed because the PlayStation is, is still in, in poor supply. The supply is definitely getting better because I feel like, because I've been seeing a lot of notifications pop up on my phone for them, but for them Telegram groups where you can get like a stock notification. So the, the frequency has definitely improved. So I, I honestly believe, I genuinely believe they are improving the stock situation. It's just that it's a better pill to swallow when your you want a ps5 and you can't get one because they're constantly sold out and then the price goes up as well as far as i remember and somebody will have to correct me if i'm wrong but as far as i am a remember i can remember this is the very first time sony has increased the price of a playstation oh, in absolutely. the four generations that we have it 
So it's not like this is something they do every generation. It's not like they're a money hungry company that wants to squeeze every consumer for their dime. It's literally inflation. I mean, everything has gone up in pricing, gas, food, you name it. Everything has gone up. So yes, it sucks that our last comfort gaming has to do this as well. And yes, Microsoft can go out and be a hero and say, we're not going to increase the prices of our consoles. Yeah, because first of all, nobody wants your damn console. Second of all, you can bleed the money. True. It's kind of funny that people are like, oh, is Nintendo going to raise the price on the Switch? It's like, the Switch is like five years old. Nintendo is not stupid enough to raise the price on a system that's five years old and that has tech on it that's older than that. That is dumb. So it's kind of like, yeah, the, the president of Nintendo had to reiterate, no, we're not going to raise the price because we you know, look out for the consumer. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the regular spiel, right? Yeah. But if you really think about it, if they did that, it would be the dumbest thing they could ever do. Plus, they technically already did raise the price when they released the OLED. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. And coming back to that. So in the U.S., they're not raising the base price. But in the U.S., you can't find the plain uh, digital or disc version. The only ones that are available through like the PlayStation Direct website are the bundles that come with Horizon Forbidden West. Mm. Those are apparently available. Okay. Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's a killer-ass game, so it, True. it's good to get that one. The bundle also costs $50 more. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I again, mean, like, the game is 70 bucks, so... Yeah. yeah but, like, I, I, can, I genuinely believe that if the situation improves, they'll just crank the price down. I just don't hope that they'll be like... We're cutting the price of the PlayStation 5 like they normally would announce Back a price. Back to what it was do. before. <laughs> yeah, or even worse, that they'll be like, it's now 4.49 and 3.49. So then basically the price cut is $50, whereas in the past, the price cut they've done was like $100 yeah. when they brought out like a Slim. So I'm afraid they're going to go that route. And when, that, when they go that route, shit will hit the fan. Mm. But like if they go from $3.99 to $2.99 then the price cut will effectively be $150 cuz the price was high so i don't think they i'm going to be honest i don't think they'd be able to afford that i For think the... next year we'll get a slim because what's happening now as well is there is another new ps5 model out in the wild that's which lighter is, like yeah that's 300 grams yeah. Yeah, 300 grams lighter than the model already was so now it's 600 grams lighter and there is this rumor floating around that sony is going to announce a new 1200 series ps5 model in september 5th or something in japan mm. so who knows what the, what, it, what, it, what they're gonna announce so yeah it's not gonna be like a revision it's not gonna be like a pro or whatever no, 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 no. but it's more like uh, an iteration of the the, of the current design. hardware yeah. yeah 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 so they'll be saying oh yeah you know yeah oh on that note uh, they're going to be showing off the PlayStation VR 2 at Tokyo Game Show this year. Oh, cool. Yeah, because yeah, it's coming out early next year. Yep, that was also announced, I think, during Gamescom. Um, yeah. That is coming out then. Um, yeah. And since we are... And they also, uh, yeah, they also yeah. did the PlayStation Edge. Oh, uh, the PlayStation Edge, Toolsense Edge. Yeah, oh, wow. Gosh darn. That yeah. is a, that's a pretty cool looking controller. I, I'm not, looking forward not, to it's, it. It's not a thing for me. Per se, yeah. but 
it is pretty cool that like one of the features one. that it has is yeah. that you can take you can take out the 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 joysticks and replace them if they like get worn. Yeah. So cool. yeah. So basically, the PlayStation the, the PlayStation Edge, the DualSense <laughs> Edge is a pro controller, and it has programmable triggers. It has the resistance trigger, so like you can decrease the travel of the trigger, which I personally will like because of shooters. Mm -hmm. But you can also swap out, as you said, the analog stick, the whole module. So indeed, if you have drift, you could swap it out. But you can also take out the the analog stick, like the yeah, the basically the stick mm. and then you can put like a lower or higher stick on it because yeah. then the travel will increase or decrease so it's it's a fully customizable controller it has profiles on it as well i believe for games yeah, yeah. Uh, it has back pedal buttons i don't know if it has two on each side or one on each side i usually don't use back pedals but like the whole they already had me with the whole programmable trigger so i'm like <laughs> yes yeah um, it's coming out later this year. They haven't announced pricing yet. They will announce more details in the coming months. Yeah. I'm curious how much it's going to cost because the Elite costs like, what, 100? 150. Yeah, yeah. Geez, freaking. I, th I think this will be priced similarly. But then again, this is aimed at a niche. So yeah. um, if you play a lot of shooters, for example, if you're going to play Modern Warfare 2 this uh, holiday season, this is the perfect addition to Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, it has. Um, I'm looking at the image right now. It has only two back panels. Okay, yes. maybe that's good. Yeah. The Elite has four, I believe, two on each yeah. side. True. Yeah, it yeah, because really now nice. it looks nice, right? It doesn't look too weird or bulky or futuristic. It's just like basically a normal. The only concern I have is that the mechanism in which you take out the analog sticks, like the complete module, yeah. it looks like your fingers could easily go over it and maybe accidentally pop it open but i think it's like a pretty sturdy mechanism i don't i don't think it comes off that easy yeah at least it doesn't look like it would come off that easy yeah i hope they come out with a black version because i'm not a fan of the dual tone i think this one seems like you could actually customize it so who knows that would be cool yeah yeah but speaking of stuff what now said gamescom um opening night live did you watch yeah. it live or did you watch it like after the fact? I watched it live. You, like, was there anything that stood out to you that you're like, oh, this looks really cool? I noticed that, I, th I don't know if that's the trend in the industry right now, but it was a lot of sci-fi games, a lot of soul-like games. Uh, I was talking to a friend over this and like, whoa, this is like a lot of Souls games or a lot of Souls-inspired games and a lot of sci-fi stuff. Need I remind you that we had a similar conversation after E3 this year? Yeah. Not space related, but horror related. Like like all these yeah, 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 horror yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> the only game that stood out for me was the Callisto Protocol, but we already know about that one. Yeah. The the Expanse, the Telltale game, that looks really cool. Um honestly, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh I I don't know if I talked to you about it, but at this moment. I have serious doubts about Hogwarts Legacy because I feel that game is being hyped way too much and that stuff is going to disappoint people. It's funny that you say that because I'm pretty sure when uh, the, the the delay was announced, you were like, oh, Max, uh, he doesn't care about this. Everybody else yeah. is super excited about it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a Harry Potter I'm, ha I'm, ha I'm having my doubts about this game, especially yeah. considering how long it took for them to announce that it's being delayed and yeah. showing anything. 
But yeah. now you're like, ah, I have my doubts. I'm like, this, yeah, but that's this, because of the trailer they showed off. Like when I saw the trailer at Gamescom, I was like, this does not look like it's near finished. No, so I don't they think... would never have gotten this the, uh, the, this year. And yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my God, how was that? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to temper your expectations. This is, I think this game could at best be a seven, but it's never going to be a nine. No, 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 no. no I never th- figured it for a game that would be like a nine or whatever, because there's yeah, but just... people do expect it to be that. Yeah, but that's because people have way too much the people that think that are nost- uh, are very nostalgic about the property. Yeah, these are people that grew up with Harry Potter, that want more Potter stuff, and this. And now that they're adults, they want something that's more interactive than just the movies or just the books. Yep. So this is the logical next step. The question is, can they pull it off? I I think. They can pull it off, but not in the way that people expect it to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I think what when is that coming out? January, Next February, year, February, February tenth, right? Yeah, I believe. And then the Switch release date will be announced soon. So it's actually yeah. a, a Switch version. It doesn't because they show like a f- Switch box art. No, but they so always I don't think it's a cloud. S- they always show a switch box, even if it is a cloud version, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they have to use like a box art just to show off mm. that there is a game for that version coming out. Okay. So we still don't know if that's a cloud version or not because they haven't said anything. Yeah. Or um, yeah. It's a Switch Pro version and the Switch Pro will get announced uh soon and then come out around that time. That's why there's might say they might say the Switch release date will be announced at a later date. That is a possibility that there's a that there's a successor to the switch coming i mean it's going into its sixth year almost so it kind of feels like it's time it really does feel like it's time for like a a the switch was outdated the moment it came out because of the hardware i mean it's had its stride they made some really cool stuff but it basically really cool stuff even now yeah, they're yeah. still making cool, cool stuff. definitely but you know it's like old hardware years old hardware yeah i mean yeah i get that i get that uh it's time for something new but i don't know you can only make a third look so pretty so many times before people still say but that's still a third do you really need to make that analogy yeah (laughs) god darn it (laughs) oh no um lies of p i don't know what the hell what's up with that game but a lot of people were like what and I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I mean, it's basically Pinocchio, but like Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's what I meant. Like, yeah, it's a lot of Souls games, and this is a pretty dark Souls game. <laughs> yeah, this is. Honest, I'm not gonna lie. I saw like the game. They put out a gameplay uh, trailer like uh, recently. It's like I think five minutes to show 4K footage. The game looks pretty good. Like the the gameplays and stuff like that, it looks super cool. I didn't even look at the gameplay. I'm looking at it now. Uh, Sonic Frontiers looks way better than it did before, which it still confounds me. Oh, this game! Everybody said this was a Bloodborne ripoff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of is. Um, well, I wouldn't call it a ripoff. More like uh, an homage. Okay. Considering that we're not going to get a new Bloodborne or a remake of Bloodborne. Well, you don't know that. The rumors are saying that uh, 
the people uh, what were the name blue uh blue point are working point on are working the sequel on for uh bloodborne yeah yeah well we'll see um yeah so hogwarts legacy gotham knights yeah mm, i'm still kind of on the fence on that one on like if it's gonna be actually good people are i don't know people are also a bit too excited for it but i think that's because people are still hoping that it's at least better than Arkham Knight. Um, yep. I guess we'll see. Arkham Knight wasn't a bad game. It just had its bad things, like yeah, the Batmobile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody goes back to the Batmobile. Yeah, but the Batmobile really sucks when you have to drive it because it's not optional. Some missions, you have to use the Batmobile. Mm, true, true. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't played it because I still have to finish Arkham City. Um, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I... I got pretty. Didn't fl- that come out on the Switch? No, Arkham it came City? out on the Wii U, and I have the Wii U version. Oh, I thought they made a remake and that came, a remaster, and they came out on the Switch. Mm, oh. No, I don't think so. No, I thought. But the not Collection. a bad idea, actually. That would be really nice to have that. Wasn't on the, Switch. the Arkham Collection on Switch? I think it was. Oh my gosh, now you're gonna make me second guess myself. Batman uh, Arkham Collection comes to the Switch. It says here. What? But it says, wait, let me check if this is real. Or was it like a rumor? Oh, no. This was from February 22 of this year, where it says that a French retailer had posted it on their website. Oh, okay. But I think it could be plausible. I mean, it's not that intense of a game. It could easily run on the Switch. Yeah. No, yeah. Everything that I'm seeing are like old articles for it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah nope so that's, that's not so yeah it never came out um which is a shame it would have been really nice to have it on Switch. yeah yeah no but i have it on uh wii u of all things oh, nice <laughs> but the wii u is like an enhanced version i don't know nice. if the remake if the collection uses that specific version of arkham city um oh, no. i have to double check on that but it had like some like enhanced like gameplay features um and That's of course nice. it used the 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 gamepad so you know had you had like detective stuff on the gamepad mm. yeah that's nice um damn it there was a news article that i just thought about and like i kind of forgot that had to do with what we were talking about um i'll i'm sure i'll figure it out um so yeah, uh, I, are there any other things that stood out to you? Oh yeah, the Borderland, uh, Borderlands, uh, new Borderlands tale. Uh, sorry, new tales from the Borderlands uh, got announced. Yeah, um, Randy Pitchford came on stage for that, which kind of made me cringe because um, <sighs> Randy, Randy Pitchford, Pitchford kind of just make me cringe in general for reasons that I will not repeat on this podcast because it's kind of grody. Um, but yeah, new Tales of the Borderlands. They got some of the writers back from Telltale Games to help with the with the story. Oh, that's nice. So because it's now being made internally in uh, Gearbox instead of mm. you know, by the new Telltale because the new Telltale is working on other stuff. Um, the expanse <laughs> yeah they're working on the expanse and a wolf among us too a wolf among us too yeah oh yeah, yeah they are. a lot of people are excited for that one 
people really love the wolf among us i've never played it me neither but oh i hear it's really good i th- i want to say that it's on game pass but i doubt it um i don't know do i maybe i owned it on steam i do not remember um uh, <laughs> i have so many titles on steam it's crazy um yeah oh sorry yeah so another a little thing about the since we're t- since we were talking about the wii u so the wii u and uh 3ds eShops are going uh to stop functioning where you you can't buy new stuff as of march 23rd next year um the next step in that has been put in motion this past uh weekend where you cannot add uh gift cards to those specific systems doesn't mean that you can't buy games it just means you can't add funds to those systems directly you can use a loophole by adding the funds through the nintendo account online um it can't be a gift card so you'd have to use like a credit card or paypal or whatever um to add funds to your nintendo account and then it'll show up on the other platforms as well Nice. So that is a way to get around it, which I do. I need to remember to do that because I want to get these Wii U version of Fatal Frame made up of the Blackwater. They got a re-release on like Switch and on like other systems, but the Wii U version is unique because the Wii U version has Amiibo support for uh, costumes. So you can get like oh, Nintendo nice. related costumes. <laughs> I do not remember the costume specifically. I think one of them was Princess Zelda or something. Mm. Um, so imagine playing a horror game while your characters dress as Princess Zelda. <laughs> it kind of defeats the purpose of a horror game, I think. Exactly. It kind of deflates it. I honestly, if I can get that copy, I might actually stream that. Um, nice. Because it because it is a good fit for the Wii U, especially with. The gamepad, you can use that as the camera obscura. Um, nice. I played the demo and it's really good. So it's like it's it's a little bit sad that 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 version is stuck on the Wii U. And uh, in Europe, it only came out on a digital version, so you can't even buy a physical copy unless you buy the Japanese version. Oh, and it never came out in the U.S. originally. So not until they re-released it on Switch and on PlayStation and Xbox. So. If you still have games that you want to buy on the virtual console or games like Fatal Frame uh, or as it's called in Europe, Project Zero. Um, yeah, you can't do that with gift cards now. You have to use a credit card or you have to use a PayPal account on your Nintendo uh, account and then add funds that way. Um, I would recommend, as always, mm-hmm. if you have a 3DS, please, 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 if you haven't picked it up yet, Pocket Card Jockey, you will not regret it. It is a fun game made by the makers of Pokemon. The soundtrack is awesome. The gameplay is very unique. Um, And uh, Attack of the Friday Monsters, if you want something completely different and unique as well. Uh, The same developers recently put out a new game called uh, Shin-Chan and the Professor uh, of Summertime and something like that. Uh, on switch um it's a very laid back um very very laid back uh game so if you're kind of curious what that's about you can find the reviews for th- that both those games 
I recommend getting Attack of the Friday Monsters. It's a really fun time. It's very it's, if 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 you just want something to just chill, play, explore, like take in the story, that's a perfect fit. Nice. Um, and lastly, what I want to talk, uh, what I want us to talk about is the announcement of Sony Studios opening a new mobile division. Yeah, also they also did an acquisition. New, yeah, of a new studio yeah, they, called Savage bought, Game Studios. Yeah, that make mobile games. Yeah, so I, I as I said earlier uh, offline, I hope that they're going to make meaningful mobile games and not like cash grab mobile games. But I think doing an acquisition sends a message that you're serious about it and that you definitely want some cool stuff to happen. Because for example, the division is coming to mobile and I've seen gameplay videos and it looks like a fully fledged division game just running on a, on a phone or on a tablet. So that's yeah. when I saw that, I was like, whoa, Ubisoft is finally taking mobile serious. I was actually surprised uh, when I saw it too, because I thought it yeah. was... I thought it was regular old division, and then it's like division. Uh, what's it called again? The the mobile one. It has like know. a very specific title. Anyway, yeah, it showed. Yeah. I was like, oh wait, this is the mobile game. Yeah, it looked pretty good for right. a mobile game. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I hope Sony does something similar that they. I I, I don't think they will, but I kind of hope that they will try to make the mobile space into like the Vita successor space, where they just make fully fledged games that are tailored to mobile devices and that does really take advantage of the capabilities of a mobile device but also the power of a mobile device um you know like i for example loved kills on liberation on psp i would love it if they made something similar but then a sequel you know or if they mm -hmm. ported over psp games but then you know made it a little bit prettier or some anything to make it meaningful because a lot of psp and vita games were made for those um short bursts of play because you know you're traveling so you can play for five minutes or ten minutes you know yeah um but i honestly don't know what's gonna come out of it i think I, it's gonna take a while before we see anything yeah i mean they want to leverage like existing playstation ips but they also want to make new ips specifically yeah. for mobile you know basically the same reason why nintendo did it to drive interest in playstation ip yeah. um and like I was, uh, I was telling you offline earlier, is that Nintendo is has been sunsetting games. Um, the 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 latest game that's going away from Nintendo is Dragalia Lost, which is a game that they co-produced with Psy Games. Um, if you don't know Psy Games, they're like a very prolific uh, mobile mobile uh, developer that have made a lot of mobile games. Um, one of the more recent games that they worked on was uh, Princess Connect. Um, if you've seen the anime, you know what's about. Um, very fun characters. They do really good character design, and they have like a very good output in terms of like decent-looking mobile games, but they're all gacha games. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that kind of puts a damper on it. Um, Dragalia Lost, for example, never came out in the Netherlands because of the loot box ban in uh, in the Netherlands. So most of these kind of games never reach here anymore. Um, Thank God. Yeah, well, I did play Dragalia Lost for like two two years or so, on and off, um, by using a, 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 a an American account to download it. But uh, yeah, I mean. 
other than that, uh, you had like the me thing that came out, like one of the first games that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> Mario, uh, Doctor Mario World doesn't exist anymore. The only game that makes them money is uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, which makes them a ton of money. <laughs> it's still very popular, and I'm shocked because that game is also like almost four years old now, and it's still making them a lot of money. Um, they're still supporting Mario Kart Tour, but honestly, I think at this point they're supporting it just so that they have new tracks that they can then import into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Gosh, that, that's so sad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what this studio will do for for PlayStation, um, considering that they set up a division specifically for mobile games that yeah. has no that has no um what's the word i'm looking for that has no drain on the main studios means most likely that this first acquisition is the first of many some i don't know i don't few? know i don't know but it feels like they're going to definitely buy more mobile studios if this first acquisition uh pays off so I'm not surprised with that. Honestly, if they buy mobile studios, I honestly don't care. Cool. More power to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, because it doesn't have any impact on all the other Sony games anyway. So, hey, go nuts. <laughs> if you need an extra revenue stream, mobile can help if you do it just right. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for news, unless you have anything else that we might have missed. I don't think no. so. No, not really. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Oh, wait. No, there was one more thing. Um, kind of Sony related. Uh, so Death Stranding recently got added to Game Pass. Oh, yeah. Game Pass PC, to be more specifically, not the console. Yeah. Because... PlayStation still holds like the publishing rights to the console version, but apparently when they were making the deals for anything beyond console, um, Kojima got the rights for those. So like, for example, for the PC version, they have no say in whatever deals that Koji Pro wants to make. So they were free to make a deal with, uh, Microsoft. with Microsoft and now it's on Game Pass PC. So if you have Game Pass PC or Game Pass Ultimate and you have a PC, you can finally play Death I mean, Stranding. That's, that's fine, right? I mean, if you look at it, Call of Duty is going to come to the PS5, PlayStation platforms for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, you take some, you lose some. Yeah, true. Also, this means that more people get to play Death Stranding and... Uh, yeah. I'm sure more people like me will get frustrated at the fact that the ending felt like it took forever. Yeah, that's typical Kojima. Great game! Like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I played the game, I finished it. I do not regret playing Death Stranding. I only feel that the ending took a tiny bit too long. I do want to return to the game eventually and, like, do all the other missions and maybe go for the Platinum. I don't know how hard it is to get the platinum. It's pretty but... hard. Ah, oh, gosh darn it. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm 
I was sh- I think everybody was shocked when they saw that happen, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh oh yeah, one more thing before we go. Um the director of Smash Brothers, the creator of Kirby, Masahiro Sakurai, has his own YouTube channel. <laughs> okay. Where he posts Random. where he posts game development videos on specific topics in game development like you know um why why the hit stop is important what it adds uh he recently po- posted one about why frame rates matter what kind of impact frame rates can have uh he posted another one about uh uh you know risk reward stuff like that it's called uh Masahiro Sakurai on creating games it's super nice like the it's very well made it's very wholesome they're not that long of a videos i think the latest one is 10 minutes on the dot but every yeah, other ones checked. are like five minutes four minutes six yeah. minutes ish um he has oh he already has three hundred and seventy six thousand subscribers yeah. like holy crap <laughs> the guy's an influencer now yeah so now we have Kojima next making podcast. He's gonna, yeah, next week he's gonna resign. He's gonna say, "Hey, I hear I want to resign. I want to thank everybody at Nintendo, but I've chosen to be he an doesn't influencer." Work for he doesn't work no, for he's Nintendo. A he's been a freelancer for. He never worked at Nintendo. He worked for. Hal oh, Laboratories. I didn't even know. He left oh. Hal Laboratories years ago, and he yeah. formed his own studio called Sora Limited. But it's just him and his wife. Oh. Um, so he basically works for Nintendo on contract basis. He's a freelance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, the good news about this means that if he's doing this, that means he's not developing any games. So the guy finally gets to relax. I mean, oh my God, that dude so needs to relax. Because he's been working. I think he really appreciates you looking out for him. <laughs> no, like, it's not just me. Like, a lot of people, a lot of Smash fans are like, oh my gosh, like, dude take a break because he went straight from smash 4 to smash ultimate he like had zero breaks so okay yeah it's a good it's a good thing and plus we get to see like what he thinks about game design and like what are important uh, aspects of that so i'm paying attention to that obviously nice yeah it's weird kojima has a podcast uh, masahiro sakurai has a youtube channel I think the only thing that we're waiting for right now is uh Herman Hills to do it to become a Twitch streamer. <laughs> Yo, honestly, I would subscribe to his channel for if he became I think a, a lot of people would Or even better, Shuhei Yoshida. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he'd be a really cool Twitch really streamer. Cool, cool yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. dude loves his video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> he, I mean, he has platinums for Bloodborne and stuff like that, so he's dedicated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. what you need. Honestly, that's what you need if you want to be like a streamer. So. Yeah. I mean, what is he doing lately? He's he's isn't he like retired? Couldn't he become a Twitch streamer? Honestly, that I would love. to. No, he's the head of. Um... Uh, he's running the whole indie branch oh, of yeah, that's uh, Sony. Right, that's right. Damn it. Yeah, like uh, indie new relations and getting uh, indies uh, involved in PlayStation. Right. Yeah. I wanted to honestly, like, now that you said it, now I really wanted to do it and like yeah, play games really cool. and talk about like the gate, like the game industry, and, like what what yeah. is like 
all his achievements, like high points, low points, and stuff like and just share stories, man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, true, man. True. Oh my gosh, that that really brought up a lot of ideas. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um stick around everybody. We'll be right back with what we've been playing. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with the second segment, with it's always what we've been playing. So, Shot Templar, what have you been playing? Well, obviously, I've been playing one game nonstop since it came out, which is Formula One Manager. Uh, if you pre-ordered the game, you could play it from the 25th. If you didn't, then you could play it since today, which is the 30th of August as a recording. Um, I, of course, obviously pre-ordered it. And... Um, yeah, I've put in 12 hours so far. Uh, I started out as Ferrari, uh, and I, I have to say I've enjoyed a lot of F1 Manager so far, and I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, basically, how it works is, is you have all the teams on the grid. You get like this voiceover of a famous F1 commentator called David Croft, or Crofty as he's known as, and he basically talks about the team. So you see the, the weaknesses and the strengths of the team and also their goals. So like... In Formula One, you have the Constructors' Championship, which is basically the Team Championship, and then you have the Drivers' Championship. Both drivers, if they earn points, that count towards the Constructor, so the Team Championship. Mm. But those drivers also have their points that count for their individual ranking in the Drivers' Championship. Um, based on which position you end in the Constructor, you will get X amount of prize money. So the higher you end, the more money you get at the end of the season, which, you, of course, you need to develop your car and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so in the game, you just pick a team. You see what the goal is. There's a board of directors. They're like, hey, this is what we, we want you to finish at. And then basically you start um, with that team. And then you there's in the beginning, you get a little bit overwhelmed with all the data that's available because there's a lot of data. Um it so you kind of go like, uh, yeah, yeah. And there's like a small tutorial that they hold your hand a little bit to get you confident with it. Mm. And then you can you can do stuff like scout new drivers or hire new drivers or hire new staff or develop new parts or build up your facilities, um, train your drivers. Um, in the I think in the, in the first season, you don't get to pick your sponsors. But if you get past the first season, you can pick your sponsors. Mm. I don't know yet. Um, then you can set goals for yourself per race, which will get you even more money. You could say like, I'm going to guarantee my sponsor that we're going to hit, um, get the fastest lap in the race and we're going to finish first in the race. Then you get X amount of bonus for it. If you don't, you lose X amount of money. So it's a bit of a gamble you take. Then it moves over to the format where you have the free practice sessions, like in the real race. And then you can either manually do them or simulate them. You can adjust the tires of the car. You can adjust the setup of the car because your driver has a certain confidence they have with the car. So you have to adjust the, the setup. It, it's broken out in five areas like front wing and rear wing, and that affects the, the straight speed or the cornering. So you have to listen to the feedback of your driver and then manually tune the parts of the car to make sure that it, it, it fits their style. Your components on the car can get wear, so you have to swap out the engine or the gearbox after X amount of races. 
Um, you can set how many laps you want them to to try their runs, uh, and then you can go into qualification. Qualification is the same format as in the real life. It has three parts, and you have to make sure that you get into each part by qualifying in the top X every time. And then the race starts. When the race starts, you have to come up with a strategy for the pit if you want. And then um, you go into the race. And then in the race, it's full 3D models. I think they use Unreal Engine 5. So it looks okay. Wow. Um, Yeah. And then um, you can speed up the game. So you have 1X up to 16X. Uh, You can have different angles on the car that you can watch with, the camera angles. Um, You can give your drivers orders. So you can say, I want you to push more and then it affects the tires or I want you to use your battery more then it has to recharge or I want you to be a bit more aggressive so you can use more fuel. Uh, it all has effect, of course, on the speed and on the timings. Um, in the real life, Ferrari this year was a contender for the championship, but they've basically blown their odds at it oh. <laughs> by poor decisions on the strategy in a lot of races. So them becoming champion this year is very small. Mm. But um, in true fashion, I did honor and I was a true Ferrari strategist and I messed <laughs> up one of the races really badly. No, seriously? Yeah, I did. So there was this one race where I was leading the race with mm. my driver, Charles Leclerc, and then it's lap 60 of 66. A crash happens. So a safety car comes into the game and everybody knows if you pit under the safety car, it's mm. you, you save time. So it can be a very nice and beneficial thing in your, in your advantage. You, you're going to get a benefit out of it, but it's lap 60 of 66. And I was too greedy. And I thought, okay, I have some tires that have wear on it. So if I go in right now, I might be able to get a fresh set. So if there's an attack coming from Max Verstappen, I can hold him off. I look at the projection. The projection says you're currently in in first position. If you head in, you'll come out as first. So I'm like, oh, this is a no-brainer. So I head into the pit. I come out as third. We drive four laps behind the safety car. Last two laps, I can't overtake Max. What happens? I throw the race away. I was guaranteed a first position, and I threw it away. <laughs> and I was so angry at myself. And in the end, when the race was over, I was like, that's so effing stupid that I did that. And then I thought, like, how, why couldn't I think that much ahead and think, like, oh, but it's going to be a couple of laps behind the safety car, and then probably we'll just uh, win the race anyways, you know? Yeah. So I made a few stupid mistakes like that. Um, but it is cool to see, like, that you can – if you choose the right strategy during the race, it can have a huge impact on the outcome of the race. Yeah. So, for example, I was leading the championship. Then Red Bull was leading the championship with their driver for a couple of races. And then the last few races, I started to win again. So now I am leading the championship again. In the meantime, I'm developing new parts, having my engineers focus on it. And the development part is pretty in- intense, it's extensive as well. So you have like wind tunnel hours and design hours and you have a limited budget allocated so you have to be wise in what you use and you see where the car is impacted with the development of certain parts so it's like you can really go all out crazy if you want so um i'm enjoying myself a lot the the game does miss essential stuff people really want like multiplayer or the ability to start your own team but I think that we need this kind of game right now to get the ball rolling. And then hopefully next year, when they if they do a new 
game, yeah. then they will have added those essential features. Because, I mean, a lot of the people that I spoke to about this game are like, I want to be able to start my own competition and have my friends in it. So we have like a day, a week where we do the race, you know? And I'm like, hey, that's super cool. We should, I definitely want that, you know? Yeah. Cool. So, nice. Yeah, so uh, that's basically what I've been doing um, all uh, few days. What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing... Uh bunch of games lately um mostly i've been playing xenoblade again uh i think i talked about it the last time i got further this time around um i don't want to spoil stuff too much but uh i got a new mode of transportation which is really cool sounds vague um i've gone further into the story but it's like it's a really long game uh, i've been doing a lot of side questing and like trying to get stuff um this dang man there were like some story moments in there that kind of made me teary-eyed oh, and i'm not and i don't even think that i'm i think i'm barely halfway through the game and there's still like a lot of story to go i'm like this one feels this one feels more heavier than the previous two games. Like the first game had its moments of like really tugging at your heartstrings. The second one felt really anime. Um, it had some moments, but it really felt anime. Like the action scenes and like the cutscenes were very anime-esque and it had a bunch of levity in there. There was some comedy moments in there. This one has zero comedy i mean there are funny moments but more the best way i could say it's realistic like realistic wow. funny moments like oh you know they did something and it's kind of silly and like that's it but for the most of it it's all like uh serious and more um sobering yeah okay. yeah um and it's been a really great experience. I still want to finish it, so I'm still playing through it. Um, I played that. I've been playing Scrap Mechanic on stream, um, which is a game that, that my cousin bought for me. He was on the podcast before. Um, way in season one. Yeah, like way in season one. <laughs> and uh, and we and and he's 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 helped me out a couple of times also on stream. Um, he'd jump into the game and like help me and like tell me about stuff to do and like what I should be doing um, and how to do it. And it's like, for example, he recently showed me how to easily gather water and oil, which is really good because you need oil to make gasoline and gasoline makes your car go burr. Um, and water, of course, so that you can make other stuff uh, like metal blocks and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, when I first started, it was a little bit frustrating, but it's basically like a survival game a la Fortnite, but it's more, it has more emphasis on being creative and like stuff that you can build because, you know, like the title says, you're a scrap mechanic. So you have to think of like me mechanisms to create and stuff like that. Uh, for example, I built a car and I put like a uh, drill on the front of it. So that I can mine uh, stone and metal. Um, I recently created a, a buzz saw that I can put on the front of my car so that it can chop down trees um, and other things. And it's really fun uh, to do that. Um, 
your only enemies are robots, but they're really annoying. <laughs> if you're not careful, they will kill your crops because apparently they oh, hate damn. they hate food. Um, so yeah, serious. It, yeah, it's it's really fun. Uh, I've died a lot of times in the beginning, but thanks to my cousin, I was able to finally make a settlement. Um, and then I found out there are certain robots that can swim. Oh, damn! So whoops. Um, I'll have to reinforce my settlement uh, in another playthrough or whatever. So I've been playing that. Uh, and uh, recently, Splatoon 3 had their first uh, Splatfest to prepare for the game's launch on September 9th. And uh, what's happening there... Uh, well, Sorry, not what's happening there. What was that is that uh, you played a global Splatfest is... You know, like these events that they used to or that they always organize as uh, Splatoon games where it's like this big global thing and then people can choose which side they're on and this is the first time that they had like a three way that you could choose so you could the theme was rock paper scissors i chose scissors um spoilers my team lost oh um but i always found the calculations for these events to be super weird and it's no different in Splatoon 3. But it got me a chance to play Splatoon 3, try out the new weapons, the new maps. For one, Splatoon 3 looks friggin' gorgeous. Like, Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 were very pretty games. Splatoon 3 looks even better than Splatoon 2, and I'm not even sure how they did that. Apparently, uh, Nintendo is using uh, AMD FX Fidelity. It's this uh, on Nvidia hardware. Yeah, because it's uh, it's not it's, oh, it's open source. Yeah, it's open source. Yeah, but uh, they're using like version one, so it oh, looks okay. like way better already. But I kind of wonder if the version two is uh, like a giant leap as well. I think yeah, the, version two is a giant leap. And version three is coming out later this year, I think. Oh no, sorry, am I saying version three? I think version four actually. Is already oh, coming they've out done a really fast jump in that, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know if there's a specific reason why they're using version 1. Maybe they they were trying their water. This is the first game Nintendo has made that uses this particular thing. So I'll my, bet you they'll use it on uh, Zelda as well. I was, about to su- I was about to suggest that. Yeah. I think that might be one of the reasons why um, Zelda has been delayed many times. Um, that they've been because I know that they patent a DL DLSS kind of technology like a couple of years ago, but then they kind of abandoned that patent recently, like this year. Mm. Um, and the reason why people are thinking that is because they uh, assume that they're using the AMD solution instead because it's open source. Uh, so who knows? Um, they might end up using DLSS on whatever the sequel to the Switch is going to be. They might just stick to Fidelity FX. Um, but if this is version 1.0, could you imagine if they used like other stuff? If if the Switch or whatever yeah. the sequel to the Switch is is able to support like the higher versions, the more recent versions, or even better DLSS. <sighs> I would I would love that they would do that and just have 
it output to like 4K. I don't have a 4K TV, but I know that there are people out there that do that would love to have it put out output in yeah. 4K and have it look yeah, pretty. Yeah, definitely. But even with this, it looks really good because the game is at 1080p. I mean, Splatoon 2 was also 1080p, but that was dynamic. This is also dynamic, but apparently, at least from the early testings from Digital Foundry, it's performing better than before, um, better than Splatoon 2. So that's a nice to know. Nice. Um, outside of that, have I played anything else? Um, no, I think it's, yeah. I haven't played. Um, oh, no, wait. I am absolutely lying. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. I I started um I started playing Mass Effect on the Legendary Edition on GeForce Now. Whoa, whoa! What made you want to play that? <laughs> well, I got it was for free with uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon, yeah, on the Epic Store. Sorry, on the uh, on EA's Origin, and EA Origin is supported on GeForce Now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. Well, Origin, but well, not Origin, but like most EA games are supported on GeForce Now mm. um, through Origin. So that's okay. like, okay, cool. Um, that was one of the games. And I was like, all right, awesome. I'll add that and I'll play it sometime. And I kind of felt like, you know what? I want to I play like Mass Effect again because I never finished three. I beat one, I beat two. But I never finished three, and I do have a save file of three, but that save file is obviously not compatible with the Legendary Edition, um, and I do not remember where I was on the PC. It's been so long since I played three, um, and I know that I'll never get the original ending that people were, you know, annoyed about. But that's fine. Uh, they did add a lot of quality life of um, yeah uh, quality, quality of life, life changes, especially to the first game because the first game yeah. still had ammo. Yep. They nixed that for the system that they introduced in the second game onward. So it's yep. a cooldown system, way more handier. Um, it now supports controller on PC, which it never did. Like Wait, the, the first game had cooldown, the second game had ammo. No, no, the second game did not have ammo. The second game had cooldown. No, 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 no. Really? Yeah, because in the second game you had to use thermal clips. That's how the reloads and the... Uh... And the, the things were called. Weird. The first one had the cooldown. Ah, okay. Never mind. I thought the second yeah. one had it. All right. It's fine. I mean, because... No, the first the, one had, like, yeah. weapon sway. So yeah. you needed to spec into that to kind of take the weapon sway away. Yeah. But, but uh, they fixed that, and that's nice. The graphics are a bit better than it was before. Yeah. Um, But now, because the graphics are better, you can kind of see um, how poorly the faces are animated. Yeah, but that's what I said, right? Like I said, because I played it as well as here, and I said like, um, it's re, it hasn't aged well, yeah. even though it looks pretty. But if somebody never played Mass Effect back then and they have to get into it now, I don't know if they will actually go through it because they'll be like, oh, what's this? Yeah. Uh, I don't like this because it looks very weird. Yeah, it's a game from ten years ago, so I think longer than that actually. Yeah, I think two thousand seven, two thousand eight, around yeah. the, the start of next gen, back then the Xbox three sixty. But let's wait, say wasn't it two thousand nine? I don't know. I think it came out around the Xbox three sixty era. Yeah, was it was three sixty. Yeah. 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 So I'd say like two thousand eight maybe, but yeah. then it's it's a game from two thousand eight. You can make it really pretty, but it's still a game from two thousand eight. <laughs> True. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm just happy that they added controller support because yeah. I always kind of, well, I always wanted to have the controller support because I'd never understood why they never did it for the PC version since yeah. they built it from the ground up for the, the Xbox 360 to begin with in Unreal Engine. Um, yeah. Maybe it was an engine related issue that did not allow them to do so. But now it has it and it's great. Except, um, I think I have muscle memory for the PC version, so it's kind <laughs> of weird for me to play it with controllers. So I still mm, I keep a PS5, I, so. because I try to like you know when you bring up the ability wheel or the mm-hmm. weapon wheel, I try to select with the right stick, but that doesn't work. That just changes your aim, and you yeah. have to use the left stick. I don't understand why that's the case. I'm gonna check yeah. and see if I can. Maybe change you can check in the settings. Yeah. I really hope so because it's really annoying to do that with the left stick. It makes no sense. Yeah. To but uh yeah other than that uh yeah i I really i just recently started playing that so i'm only maybe two ish three ish hours in i just became a specter um a long way to go i know i know but it did i felt like the nostalgia coming over me like oh my gosh i remember this oh my gosh i remember this oh yeah oh yeah it's like tali uh rex oh i miss all these characters and garris and ah so cool it's like oh there's kaden oh and there's ashley yeah Yeah. (laughs) so yeah um i'm gonna see if i make actually different decisions this time around or not, or if I'm going to be playing mostly the same. I think I'm going to be playing mostly the same because I did a Paragon run, and I'll probably do a Paragon run again um, because that's just my alignment. <laughs> I cho- I did this time. It depended on my mood. So if I was, if somebody made a really annoying comment, I was like Renegade, bum, easy. <laughs> and normally I always go Paragon, but I was like, no, 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 no. I don't have to be Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, play how you want to feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, guess I am I feel like a renegade all the time. <laughs> uh, well, you do act like one sometimes. Well, a lot of times. I'm I proud of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, with that, we've come to another end. We've come to the end of another episode of Game Rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on all major social media, po- uh, all major podcasting platforms, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher. We're probably everywhere by now, I hope. Um, you can find us on YouTube as well. We will put the link in the description because there are multiple game rivals on uh, YouTube, but there's only one true one, which is, of course, obviously us. Um, you can find us on Twitter, game underscore rivals underscore. You can find Maximilian on Twitter as well, at Maximilian. You can find him on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash Maximilian underscore X. He just streamed today, so definitely go check his stream out. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, at GameRivals and at Maximilian underscore X. The same goes for TikTok. Uh, we, you can email us, GameRivalsFeedback at gmail.com. Um, I think I've covered them all. We have a small announcement to make. We will be going on a hiatus or a short break. Um, we don't know um, how long it will take. There will be some che- checking about the format. We maybe mix some things up. We might change up some things with the hosts. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to innovate. You have to keep on improving stuff to make it nice and interesting and better. And that is 
we've been doing this for three years now, I think. Four. We're in season four years now. We we're in season four. Um and we've been doing mostly the same format. We had a little bit of a different format in the beginning, but we've been doing mostly the same format. So it feels time to change stuff up, which we will definitely do in this case. So don't be shocked if there is no new episode after this for a little while. But do not fear, for the game rivals will return. Feels like that's kind of like what the Marvel ending always says. Like at the <laughs> you credit, did the you know, Marvel the ending, yeah. The... Yeah, the game rivals will return, <laughs> and then fade to black. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So for now, I have been and always will be Sean Templer, and I have been and will always be will be Maximilian X, and we'll catch you on the next pit stop. Later.